The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Welcome back, everybody, to another exciting episode of Stories from the Sidelines. I'm Coach Larry. My co-host, Matt Keogh, could not be here today, so I am on my own for another solo episode. <laughs> Lucky you guys get to hear me talk all by myself for the entire episode. I'll try not to bore you guys. Um, special guest, though, next week. Um, I think it's official. It's booked. Um, John Zororian, Zeke, the man himself, is going to come in next week and speak on the podcast. We're going to share some hockey stories, I'm sure, some football stories, um, some days with him playing uh, in the back alleys of Niagara Falls. It's going to be all kinds of fun. Looking forward to that next week with John Zororian on the show as our guest. This week, I'm going to come in hot with the Buffalo Bills-Kansas City game. Uh, A little football talk in general before we get into some of my uh, soccer stories. Man, was that game just fun to watch. Um, It was one of those games that just... It was it was fun. It was a nail biter. It was up and down. You had the emotions. You had a little bit, especially at the end of the first half, with the uh, kicking the ball off with 16 seconds, doing the squib squib kick, giving them the ball with 12 seconds left, having them come down, kick a field goal to tie it, 10-10 at halftime. You just had so many that the flashback to 13 seconds last year. It was just fun. You know, it was fun. Bills getting the lead, Kansas City getting it back, Kansas Buffalo getting it back again, Kansas City getting it back, Buffalo. I don't think either team was able to take a bigger than seven-point lead. I think at one point, um, I don't even know if it was a seven-point lead. No, I think Kansas City made it 17-10 at one point, or Buffalo 17-10. There was, a, I think, a seven-point lead, and that was the biggest lead of the day. No team led by more than one possession. It was just a great game back and forth. Um, again, not going to be one of those players saying, that's it, we won the Super Bowl, Bills, you know, it's that's it, game's over. We're definitely Super Bowl champions, even though I think we're going to be Super Bowl champions. It's still going to be a lot of football for the Bills left to play. 11 games regular season left to play. Then hopefully just two playoff games and a Super Bowl, because hopefully this goes a long way to clinch that home field advantage, that number one seed which I think definitely is going to mean a lot in this playoffs. Not only that, but dealing with Buffalo's injuries, seeing other teams dealing with injuries, it would be so beneficial this year to have that extra week off, not have to play in the, what is it called now, the Super Wild Card weekend um, where you're playing that extra game, then getting into the divisionals. It'd be nice just to have that extra bye week 
to play that divisional, go right into the divisional round, win that at home, hopefully play that AFC championship game where, again, um, one of those I think we just saw a preview of the AFC championship game, Kansas City versus Buffalo. Hopefully that game is played in Buffalo, in the cold, in the elements, where Josh Allen has already proved that he can win and win big. And I'm hoping it's, this is the year. This is the year that we get back to the Super Bowl, and this is the year that we finish the job. They looked, the thing that was really encouraging is they looked great on the ground. I love the way that they looked on the ground. They looked like a complete team. And I know when you've got a quarterback and as a receiving crew as talented as Allen Diggs, Davis, um, Khalil Shakir, Isaiah McKenzie. McKenzie kind of made a few goofs. I know you, you're. everybody just wants, well, just pass, pass. You don't need to run pass, pass, pass. I think in games like that, when you have another talented offensive team like Kansas City and a few others, you need that extra balance. And I think that was one of the big factors in this game. Buffalo ran the ball. I think it was 128 yards. Um, Devin Singletary had, I want to say, 78, 80, between 70 and 80 yards of rushing yards just himself. Clyde Edwards-Alaire really didn't do nothing. Uh, Pachanko didn't really do anything for Kansas City. Buffalo was able to stop them. And in years past, two years ago comes to mind where Buffalo Keaton, we're going to stop Kansas City, we're going to stop Kansas City, we're going to stop Kansas City. They're passing, and what did they do? They ran all over them. They ran all over them this year, though. Buffalo bulked up in that um, offensive front. You still got amazing edge rushers like Miller and Rousseau, but they bulked up by bringing in Jordan Phillips, bringing in or keeping Ed Oliver, uh, bringing in Daquan Johnson and a few others um, on that offensive or on that defensive line to really be stout against the run, and they did their job. Um, it was fantastic. It was fun to watch. And it, it was just great to see. It was great to see a complete game from top to bottom. Again, they didn't dominate them. Would it have been nice to uh, beat them by 14, 17, beat them by three, four possessions? Would it have been a great? Absolutely. Was it realistic? <laughs> no. No. This team, they lost... Uh, Tyreek Hill, but they are still a very, very talented and scary offensive team. Travis Kelsey still got over 100 yards on his receptions. Juju Smith-Schuster, I mean, yeah, he had to break a few tackles or whatever on some of those uh, on the one touchdown, but he proved to be effective. He wasn't nearly as effective as Tyreek Hill was on there. If Tyreek Hill is at that game, is it a different game? Maybe. Do Buffalo play defensively a little different? Absolutely. But they took Kansas City off their game. They were able to stop them, especially twice on those on Kansas City's last two drives. The two times when they needed to get the ball back to just take the lead, they stopped them. And then, of course, the uh, Taron Johnson interception at the end to seal the deal. Tell me, man, that man just keeps coming up with clutch interceptions at. 
This time he didn't run it back into the end zone, although he probably could have gotten up and run it back, but he did the smart thing and just stayed down. He just comes up with clutch plays. He did it in the Baltimore game. He did it in uh, the Indy game. He He's just clutch. He's clutch when a big play needs to be, and I think that's where our secondary, who, by the way, can we talk about this is one of the top defenses. I can't remember. They're either ranked one or two. They're, I think, fifth, fourth, fifth. They're a top five against the pass. And this is a team that all signs are pointing to. They're going to get Tredavious White back against the Green Bay Packers for the next game. That's like having a Lamborghini and all of a sudden supercharging it, like turbocharging it. Like, come on. That's just not fair. That's not going to be fair to the other teams in this league. You have a rock-solid defense, and now you add a perennial all-pro, arguably top five, arguably top two or three cornerbacks in the league in Tredavious White. It is just unfair. And I'm so glad I can finally say it's unfair in a good way for the Bills. It is just going to be outstanding to be able to see that secondary the way that we imagined it would be now with Kyrie Elam, who Elam had a great interception in the end zone on the opening drive to save points there. You have now Elam on one side, White on the other. Bedford, who is still, even though coming back from a hand injury, he is still looks like he's going to be solid. You have Johnson at corner at uh, the nickelback. Yeah, you lost Micah Hyde, but um, Damar Hamlin has played solid for him when he's been in there. Jordan Poyer is just a straight gamer. Please give him a contract extension. I don't care if it's one more year, two more years, three more years, four more years. The man has earned his money. Um, This team is just scary. And we're getting healthier and healthier and healthier. I think this bye week came at the perfect time. We got healthier for the Kansas City game, where I think we only had, I know Jake Kumaro and one or two other players were inactive. I can't think of them off the top of my head. But... Now coming back with White gives everybody another week to really get healthy, get right before they start preparing for Green Bay. Man, it's going to be a fun and we're not even in, and we're not even done with the first half of the season, but it's going to be a fun ride from here on out. It's almost like this season to me feels almost like a movie that you've watched but didn't quite get didn't quite finish it. You watched last week but missed the last 20 minutes. Couldn't finish it, fell asleep, whatever. So a month later you put it on, hey, I want to see how the movie ends. You just want to fast forward that first hour 
uh, first hour and a half of that movie just to get that the last 30 minutes. I want to just forward, fast forward. That was such a bad analogy to get to my point here. But whatever. It's what I can think of off the top of my head. But you just want to fast forward through the regular season. Hey, get me into January. Get me into the divisional round. Even get me to the wild card. Just I so Buffalo's not playing. They've got it wrapped up. Fine. Get me to the wild card so I can see who they're possibly going to be playing. Just I want to fast forward to the playoffs. I don't want to see the regular rest of the regular season. It's going to be fun, but you know what? It's just it's just the appetizer. I want to get to the main course. Get me to the playoffs. It's going to be a fun fun ride from here. Hopefully, all the way to Phoenix, Arizona. It's going to be fantastic. All right, that's my uh, little rant on the Bills coming in hot there. We're switching topics here. This past uh, Tuesday was a fun yet sad day for myself. It was sectionals for the um, girls' soccer. Sectionals started Kenmore East. We had an opening round game. We were the number 10 seed coming in playing the number seven seed star point at star point. Um, it was a fantastic game from top to bottom. Little bittersweet. We came up on the short end, losing two nothing. But one of those games that man was just so much fun to be a part of. And I know how can you say, coach, how is it so fun to be a part of a losing side of the game? It was a fun game. It was exciting. It was top to bottom. There was pressure from both sides, midfielders, forwards, offense, defense. It was goaltending. It was fantastic. It's one of those games where somebody had to be a winner. Somebody had to be a loser. And unfortunately, on this day, Starpoint got the better of us. A quick little recap. Early in the game, pressure was going back and forth. Um... Both teams came off on fire. We, not going to lie, we started off a little um, little bit nervous coming into the game. Kind of gave Starpoint a little too many opportunities early in the game. First five, ten minutes of the game. Settled into it really nicely after that. About uh, a little more than halfway through the game, I think with about 18 minutes left in the first half, a shot came in from the outside, just outside the 18 hit the far post um, as our goaltender, as George was diving for it, Maria Costanza, as she was diving for the ball, hit the post, made a, instead of hitting the post and even coming straight out or off to the sideline, the far sideline, it came right back, a weird bounce right back towards the middle of the net, hit the other far post. So even instead of coming towards the net, and going wide or going continuing to go wide, hit the other far post, came back, and unfortunately a, a star point player was there just ahead of our defense to pop it in for the first goal of the game. That's how the only scoring of the first half. Some great opportunities up top by our three forwards, uh, Cameron Waller, Chloe Cummings, and Kylie Turnbull. All three played outstanding up top. Couple of great shots from each, either just making, uh, just missing the net, or going over top of the net, or just the goaltender, star point goaltender who played great, um, coming up with some big saves. 
First half closed out, one nothing. Fantastic play, top to bottom. Second half, about, I think about the 10-minute mark, so about 30 minutes left, 32 minutes left, somewhere around there. Um, an unfortunate penalty inside the 18, inside our own 18, which led to a penalty shot for Starpoint. Again, I thought it was a good call, an unfortunate call. Wasn't necessarily a takedown. Sloppy weather, rainy all day, cold all day. Just two girls whose feet got tangled up. It happens. Unfortunately, the official had to make the call. The call was made. Penalty shot comes up. Maria Costanza, George, our goaltender, comes up big with a save. Makes the first save on a penalty shot. Any goaltender out there for soccer knows that even just making that initial save is huge. Our defense crashed, midfielders crashed inside the box to get it. Again, an unfortunate bounce where the breakaway or the rebound came right back to the shooter, literally right back to the shooter, giving our team very, very little chance, little to no chance to get there before she did. And she was able, while George was down, shoot into an empty net and make it 2 nothing. Truly unfortunate. Again, great job for George to make the save. Our defense, our midfielders crashed right off the shot onto the ball like you're supposed to. It came back right to the shooter, and she's able to tuck it in on a quick, um, basically one-timer off the rebound in basically an empty net. It's unfortunate. Lucky break for them. But hey, them, those are the breaks. Um, last five to ten minutes of the game, my girls crashed as hard as they could, played as hard as they could, hustled as hard as they could. At one point, we kept just Ava Grady back, moved a one four or one defensive person player on the line, moved everybody up, put enormous pressure on. Probably in the last, I'd say, three to five minutes of that game, probably put, I'd say, at least... Um, four to five, maybe even more shots on net. Couldn't put it past the goaltender. It happens. There's nothing you can do. You know, after that game, myself and and Dan Norton, Coach Norton out there, um, who was on the sidelines with me, um, Jamie Rapel, who was um, home dealing with, in fact, congratulations to Jamie Rapel. I know it's a little late to say congratulations, but her and her brand new daughter, Mackenzie, they're both fine. They're both doing healthy. They're both home. So congratulations, Jamie. She was at home with um, her and both the kids. And it was, it was just heartbreaking for myself and, and Dan Norton, Coach Norton, who uh, coached the JV team there and was able to help me out for the last, um, last week of practices and sectional game. But at the same time, I know I'm speaking for Dan here, could not be prouder of what these girls put out on the field. It was one of those where, of course, a lot of tears, a lot of hanging their heads down. And for me personally, I know after the game, just made sure to go over to those girls. Listen, there is absolutely nothing to hang your head about. The effort was there. The hard work was there. The dedication was there. The passion was there. The skill level was there. It's just 
there's nothing you could do differently, unfortunately. Today, it went star points day. If we would have played that game tomorrow, if we would have played that game two or three, four times, we probably would have split it. We would have maybe won two. They would have won two. That's how close it was. Today, it just went their way. And good luck to start point. They'll move on to the um, they'll move on to the next round to the quarterfinals in their matchup against Niagara Wheatfield, and it's going to be a tough matchup for them. I know Niagara Wheatfield and their coaches and their players out there. We play them once a year, thankfully only once a year, and they are going to be a very very tough matchup for Star Point. They would have done a tough matchup for us, so they are uh, playing them Niagara Wheatfield. Niagara Wheatfield, excuse me, is the number two seed. And we wish them well. I hope especially you always want to see your league doing well. Nothing against Star Point. Not that you're rooting for either team. You want to see a good game, but it's going to be a great game. Star Point and Niagara Wheatfield who move on to the next round in the quarterfinals. Wheatfield coming. Wheatfield had the bye. The top three teams got the bye. Will East, Wheatfield, and North Tonawanda. So we wish all the rest of the teams Good luck, and um, as long as we get good soccer games, it's all you want to see. So wrapping up the season, for myself, it was just, it was a another roller coaster of a season. It was, it had its up, it had its downs. Already talked about how amazing our forwards played. Um, Chloe Cummings, who finally after, I don't know, I've coached this child since eighth grade. She played midfield for me. Um, Even while she played midfield for me, it was always, Coach, can I move up to forward? Coach, can I move up to forward? Can I move up to forward? When she got to the varsity level, her 10th grade year, ninth grade year, 10th grade year, um, she had to play defense because she was great at defense and we needed her on that back line. But every game, coach, can I move up to forward? Coach, can I move up to forward? Can I move up to forward? Finally, I think with about four games left in the season, three, four games left in the season. In fact, I think it was Jamie's last game at Luport where we both kind of looked at each other. All right, let's, we're going to go with uh, a 4-3-3. So three forwards. Let's see what Chloe's got up top. She proceeded to score a goal. She proceeded to score a couple goals against Niagara Falls. She played fantastic. Um, all season long, really. And then the other two forwards, I mean, Kylie Turnbull, a hockey player turned soccer player as an eighth grader. Her future is so bright. I think our leading goal scorer, she's just, she's got so much speed. She's got so much um, determination, passion. Still trying to coach the hockey player out of her, but She's so she she'll go in there a little too tough for those 50-50 balls where she gets the arms up, gets the elbows up a little bit. We had to in fact there was a lot of times both uh Jamie, myself, or Dan when he came up would have to hey Kylie, this is not hockey. Kylie, that's great. You're going in there aggressive, but keep the arms down, keep the arms down, keep the arms down. And she especially in that playoff game in the sectional game, she played as aggressive as we wanted to her and needed to her and her and her hands stayed down and she did phenomenal um her on the outside with um 
Cam Waller in the middle, who, again, one of those players started off um, ninth grade, 10th grade, playing as a mid or as a forward or sorry, seventh, eighth grade playing as a forward, had to drop her back, I believe, starting in 10th grade. It was either the middle of 10th grade or middle of ninth grade. We pushed her back to a center mid. By the end of the year, we were able to switch her up to back to a center forward. She was very, very happy. And again, played extremely well up there. Had a lot of shots, a lot of near misses. Easily could have put one or two or three in the back of the net. Just near misses, whether they just went over the top of the net, whether they just went wide or whether the goaltender made a diving save. Um, had a fantastic game. So great job for the three forwards up top. Our midfielders, outside midfielders in Fiorina Daniels, who just as a second-year soccer player, I was shocked when she really said last year as a um, ninth grader was her first really big-time year at soccer. She played just so well. And this year played so much better. Beginning of the year, the first two games of the season was a little nervous. I think kind of had that had that that feeling that she had such a good freshman year that she almost put a little too much pressure on her. Where Jamie and I really kind of had to settle her after the first two games. Hey, get out of your head. Just play this game. Take this game for what it is. Play this game for how it is. Go back to just playing you. And after that, she played like a rock star, like you need in that outside mid position. She played fantastic. Um, Gianna Gallo played amazing. Started off one of our younger players, a ninth grader, started off um, coming in as a substitute, coming in playing maybe uh, 30 to 40 minutes from the bench. Turned into by, I'd say, the last three, four games, turned into one of our starters. Had some injuries. Not only that, but just outworked players on the field. One of those players where you she makes it tough for you to take her off the field. Started outside mid. We switched her into inside mid a little bit because she's that flexible um, position-wise. And she did amazing. She did amazing. Sent some good crosses through. Won a lot of 50-50 battles. Just outstanding outside midfielder. Jane Riley, who... Started up top, played up top last year for us. Started up top this year for us when we switched to our um, 4-3-4 or, or even when we had a 3-4-3 at times. Switched where we dropped her back into center mid. And man, I wish we had thought about playing her at center mid earlier in the year and even last year. She did amazing job when she was up top forward, but she just took it to another level as that center midfielder. Played outstanding, hustled her butt off every play, really became a two-way player, where once she pushed up top, she did great work, got into the attack like she normally did as a forward, but when we needed her to drop back, she didn't. she dropped back without hesitation covered a player up, whether she lost the ball or somebody else lost the ball, was always in prime spots or running them down. Just fantastic, fantastic job. Again, my mistake for not putting her there sooner. So great job for Jane Riley. The defense on 
Uh, yesterday, we switched into a flat four from a stopper sweeper. And our two outside defenders in Lola Norris tank. Lola Norris played just outstanding. Has really become a very smart player. Usually as an outside defender, especially a young player like her, still only a freshman. Sometimes with young players, whether they're containing or whether they attack or whether they push up and they get beat, sometimes they'll come running back just trying to stay on the outside instead of having to push in and cover when a defender slides over. I know I'm talking too much soccer stuff here, but she's really transitioned into a great player, headsy player where she knows where to be, when to be there. Um, And again, the future is super bright with her having three more years to play. On the other side, Ava Grady. Ava played for me starting on JV, I think her eighth grade year, and started off as midfielder. Last year, the last two years, we really needed to transition her. She was in a transition mode. We needed her to transition up top for midfield, from midfield to defense. And this year, this child, the confidence that she has shown on the field, the the just mental toughness, the, the awareness that she's shown on the field, making play after play, being a solid, solid outside defender for us, just solidified that back line how we needed it to be. And again, was a big reason why we were able to get pressure up top from her making plays on the back line, clearing the ball. Did an outstanding, outstanding job as an outside defender all year long. Then, of course, my two um, center backs, whether we go flat four in their two center backs or whether we go stopper sweeper in Maria Colosimo and Brooke Kramer. Again, not too much. Uh, just not sure how many positive things I can say about these two. They are rock stars. They are so versatile, so smart. Not only that, but they're just two great leaders on the field where that if even if the team starts losing their head, even if things don't start going our way, can always look back at them as being just that extra that extra captain, that extra coach, that extra person on the field. Um, Brooke, again, only as a junior, thankfully have her for one more year. Coming off of an ACL injury for any sport, for any athlete, is it, it can be a scary proposition. Start of the season, Brooke was, I think, only 10 months, maybe 11 months off of a torn ACL and just did an amazing, amazing job of not only coming back, but getting her confidence. Beginning of the year, you could see there was a little tentativeness in her game, and that was to be expected. She had to gain her confidence, and she gained it back quickly and was firing on all cylinders by the time midseason came along, and especially in the sectionals when we really needed her. Worked her tail off there all year long. And again, Maria Colosimo just 
consistency, aggressiveness, passion, dedication, leadership, everything you want from a captain, everything you want from a soccer player, everything you want from an athlete on the field was just, again, a rock star. And for me, she's another one, one of those players where I've coached since seventh grade. And I'd like to try to take any kind of credit for this, but I can't. She just, from seventh grade, first day of practice, to 12th grade, last game, it has been so fun to see that passion every single day, to see that dedication, to see that determination, to see the growth. Again, just the way she handles herself on the field is amazing. Just the way she handles herself in games is fantastic. Would love to have more players like that come along into this game and definitely going to miss her this year. Going to miss all my seniors. Um, Jane Riley going to miss up top from that scoring. Same thing with Chloe. Just whether Chloe, I'm begging her to play defense again or midfield or finally letting her play on forward. Just It, it was just so much fun coaching both of them, coaching that those two. Um, Maria Colosimo, George Costanzo, George Costanza, George Costanzo, George Costanza, that's, uh, Maria Costanza, George, just rock solid in the net. Again, I know I've said it before as a seventh grader, looking for volunteers back in modified soccer. And having, I think at the time, the smallest girl on the team raise her hand in my mind, be like, okay, great. In my mind, be like, okay, can somebody taller volunteer to play? But she played, uh, she split the game because there was one girl who wanted to try it out. I can't remember who it was, but split. Uh, that girl played in the first half. George played in the second half. And from there on out, Never left the net for me. She played all the rest of that year in seventh grade, eighth grade when she moved up to JV with me. When I moved up to coach the JV team, she played every game in JV. Um, again, in ninth grade, when she finally moved up in 10th grade to varsity, 10th grade, 11th grade, 12th grade, just a rock star of a keeper. And she played an amazing, solid performance last night. And it has been just so much fun. Such an honor coaching them and the team. Um, it is. It's. It's gonna be. It's gonna be uh, just. Yeah, <laughs> I'm getting a little choked up here, but it is gonna be so. Uh, it's gonna be just difficult not to have all of my seniors back next year. George, um, Maria Colosimo, Jane Riley. Chloe Cummings, Annika Pryor, who unfortunately was not able to play in this game, just couldn't, you know, got an injury, I think the second to last, third to last game of the season. Late in the game, I think literally maybe three minutes left in the game, couldn't, uh, wasn't able to play with an Achilles heel injury. Just such, such a tough, tough player all year long. Again, a player who just will give you everything that she has while she's out there. 
and was sorely missed in yesterday's game. Uh, Cameron Waller as a senior. It was it was just awesome to be a part of those girls and coaching those girls for so many years for so long. So it was it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. Um, again, a lot of tears shed. Uh, not that I would shed any tears during a soccer game, of course not. But um, it was truly an honor to coach all six of my seniors this year. Um, other players off the coming off the bench again: Gianna Colosimo, um, a, a starter who again unfortunately had a concussion. I think the last game, two second to the last game of the season. I can't remember when it was. Uh, she went down the Luport game. Maybe so. Third, she missed the last last two or three games of the season, and the sectional game. Just such a talented player. Such a again another player who came off of a tough knee injury last year, and battled back just to be as good, if not better, than she was last year, and has such a bright future ahead of her unfortunately just couldn't wasn't available for the game and would have again made a huge difference looking at our bench too which is also very very young and very very promising you have Samantha who just is awesome a seventh grader who kept trying at tryouts. At tryouts, you you look at some of your 7th and 8th graders, you're like, all right, they'd benefit so much from playing at JV, benefit from playing at JV, but just she did so well at tryouts that we couldn't, Jamie and I and Dan couldn't justify putting her down at JV. Got a lot and ended up getting a lot of minutes on varsity. Probably averaged, I'd say, 25 to 30 minutes a game as a 7th grader on varsity is awesome filled in whether we needed her at the outside defenders a few times in center defender if we needed her and even a couple times at midfield just did outstanding outstanding work up top for us um also coming in off the bench Riley who again one of those players who we transitioned started at the beginning of the year playing defense for us asked her if she would be willing to switch um, to the midfield position when we needed her to get her on the field a little bit more. And she did a fantastic job and has really turned into a great midfield player for us. Um, so it was outstanding. Again, only a ninth grader. Future is only, only getting brighter for her. Um Coming in are Ava Sheedy, a junior. Again, another one of those players who it would have been fantastic to have her in the last game, but was a huge loss when she couldn't play because of an injury. Um, This time it was a knee injury. Hopefully nothing serious. Uh, Looks like it'll be um, an injury that, you know, unfortunately if if sectional started next week, or even later in the week, she there would be an outside chance that she could have played, but just couldn't get healthy in time. Just a player that, even though she's had some tough, tough, tough injuries over the last few years, continues to work hard, continues to play, continues to get better, and just continues to be an all-around great player. 
and so thankful that she has one more year to really play and and again show what she can do. Her younger sister Emerson Sheedy, another seventh grader, who was outstanding this year, another seventh grader like Sam, um, like Sam. Uh, I'm gonna mess the. I always mess Sam's last time. Fieri, um, I think I said it right, but like Sam, a seventh grader, Emerson Sheedy, who at during tryouts you want to try to put those seventh graders or keep them back on JV for the playing time, but she just made it impossible for us to put her down. She did outstanding and is going to, again, as she has five more years and that's so happy. I'm so happy to say that she has five more years at the varsity level because she's only going to get better and better and better as a player. So uh, Ava Sheedy's younger sister, and it it was fun to see the dynamic of the two sisters playing together. So that was definitely a lot of fun to see those two playing together all season long. Um, some of my other players, as I'm, as I'm looking up and down my roster to make sure that I don't, um, that I don't miss anybody. And now I've kind of lost my roster here and I've got, as I'm as I'm struggling here to get it back because I'm not the most technologically savvy person. Sorry, as that's 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 dead air time. But just up and down it's been Wow, I'm I'm really bad at this. Um, one player I know, Gabby Pfeiffer, who just kind of going out of order here, but Gabby Pfeiffer, who as a backup goaltender to start the season, George was able, George uh, had a softball tournament, had to miss the first two games of the season. So Gabby was able to get some valuable playing time against, um, St. Mary's of Lancaster and CSAT, uh, got a lot of shots against St. Mary's of Lancaster. So some valuable playing time there. Brand new to the sport. Brand new to the game. Started off as our backup goaltender. Did very well. One of those athletes that just you love coaching because she gets better and better and better. And not only that, but wants to get better every day. Put her down for JV for a few games just to let her play a little defense. uh, Especially with JV getting a little thin due to injuries. And she rocked it on defense. She was also able to play a few minutes up top in some varsity games this year on defense. And again, played outstanding. And next year, potentially our starting goaltender. And she is just not only a great athlete, not only learning everything, but has such a good attitude and understands the game and understands her role in the game and understands that she knew it was going to be tough to get playing time as a brand new player, brand new to the sport. And she improved, improved, improved every single game. And it was just so much fun to coach her this year. Was outstanding. Was outstanding. As I'm looking up and down my roster to make sure that I didn't miss anybody. 
I'm terrible at technology. I really need to get better at technology here. Uh, we talked about Gabby. We talked about Lola. We talked about Brooke. Um, we talked about Gianna, about Ava Grady, Sam, Fee, Chloe. I think I hit everybody. George, Maria, Gianna. Yeah, I think I hit everybody on the team. Want to give a special uh, shout out to the four JV girls who came up as emergency call-ups. Unfortunately, weren't able to get any playing time in that game, but hopefully they will be a big part of our future. In um, Ange, Angie, Ange, Gia Kamaza, Jessica Haynes, uh, who played varsity for us last year and did an amazing job, was able to stay on JV this year to get some solid playing time. And uh, as a freshman and as a sophomore, junior and senior, hope to see a lot more for her on the varsity level. Um, Lexi Hoffman, and I'm missing one. Who's my other JV call-up? Oh, and Mia Colosimo, um, who, again, the fut- with those four, with the returning players that we have next year, the future, I think, is still bright for Kenmore East soccer. And that's my little uh, wrap-up nostalgia about each one of these players. And it's been fun. It's been fun being these uh, coaching this team. This is now my coaching in this program going back to the modified seventh grade year. It would have been, uh, this will be my sixth grade, sixth year with the team as I started the modified program with these girls, um, the seniors seventh grade year. Actually, I started the year before them. So with this, the modified team, so this would have been my seventh grade year, um, seventh year with them. And these seventh, these seniors now, it's been an amazing ride. It really has. The way that they're able to lead on the field, the way that they're able to keep their keep their teammates' positive vibes going, the way they're able to grow, learn. I'm getting a little nostalgic again, thinking of, of players like Maria Colosimo, players like George who I've had since seventh grade, players like Annika Pryor, um, thinking about what they were as seventh graders, um, those three in particular, Chloe Cummings and Cam Waller. Um, I started coaching them when they were in eighth grade at the JV level. Um, Those two girls at the JV level, what they were from eighth grade on, and how they've improved every single year. Um, Jane, I think I started coaching her when she was, was it last year or did it 10th grade year? Um, so just seeing her improve from last year to this year, I think she, was it ninth grade year that I had her? No, it would have been 10th grade year. But anyways, just seeing seeing her improve the one or two years that I coached her. Um, it's been outstanding. And, man, my memory is shot. Who's the other senior that I'm missing? Uh, Cam, I mentioned, as an eighth grader. Jane, I mentioned, I had her for two years. Annika, 
who I had her since seventh grade, Maria since seventh grade, George since seventh grade, Chloe since eighth grade. Why am I not seeing the other senior that was on this team? Maria Colosimo, okay, let's count here. Maria Colosimo had since seventh grade. We're going to go down the list here because my brain is shot from a long day of work and a long season. Maria Colosimo since seventh grade, amazing. Maria Costanzo George since seventh grade, giving her that nickname as a seventh grader, and it's still sticking. Amazing. Chloe since an eighth grader was amazing to see just the, the amount that she's grown and the leadership that she's done. So that's three. Annika Pryor, since seventh grade, that's four. Jane Riley, since seventh grade, that's five. No, uh, Jane Riley, sorry, since tenth grade. And Cam, since eighth grade. I got all six. All right, I know I can count here today. This is what we call being prepared for a show. But it's been fantastic. Really coaching them and kind of reminiscing, taking this time to reminisce about the girls' soccer days. And just the goofiness and the listing off the qualities of the girls and how they played. And I swear I'm not getting a little (laughs) teary-eyed. We have our banquet coming up in a few weeks, and it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm glad to see that I believe all the girls are going to be there and really should enjoy um, sending them off on one final farewell. At that point... Just thinking back to my own senior year in soccer, um, playing soccer, I actually ran cross-country in seventh grade, um, strictly played travel soccer in eighth grade, not sure why I didn't go out for the team in eighth grade, but then playing soccer from ninth grade through twelfth grade varsity. Thinking back to those four years and just how much fun and just how memorable and enjoyable my senior season was. Being that captain for that second year, being the leader on the team, being that that veteran on the team, I think that's kind of where a lot of my coaching desire to be a coach kind of started. My senior year of being a being a captain, reaching out. We had that year. We had particularly a lot of ninth and tenth graders on our team. A very young team that year. I mean, myself, Mark Santangelo, Mark Soda, Rob Udy, a couple other seniors on the team, but we had a lot of ninth and 10th graders on that year, 10th graders in particular. And just looking back and, and trying to help those younger players out, especially towards the beginning of the season, trying to help them out, trying to get their, get them experience, trying to show them the knowledge, show them the game, try to get them um, almost be their bigger brother on the field, especially when they're playing against juniors and seniors like we all were. I think that's where coaching the passion for coaching got instilled into me and carried it on. And I know a lot of these girls hopefully will continue on playing in college um, and also coaching one day because I think all of them have what it takes to be a solid coach and hopefully they'll be able to come on the show at some point and talk about their coaching experiences. So it has been an honor to coach them for this long, and I wish them nothing but the best. All right, enough of that schmaltzy stuff. 
We're going to finish this last segment with our uh, hot seat questions. Once again, I reached out to some of my uh, family members, some of my friends, uh, and I reached out for questions knowing that I was going to be alone today. And these are some of the questions that I got. First question. This one comes from, let's see, I'm going to look at, looking through my text here. I'm going to kind of pick one at random. This one comes from my brother, uh, Joey. I asked him for a question. His question was, what is your most embarrassing moment as a player? Not sure if I talked about this one, but my most embarrassing moment as a player probably came um, <laughs> probably came before the game even started. We had uh, it was, I don't know maybe uh, five ten minutes before the game. You know, we were doing uh, getting ready on the field for that particular game. I can't remember if it was a homecoming game, if it was a game where we just asked everybody and anybody and got as many friends as we could because we knew we were playing against LaSalle. Couldn't remember the reason. I think it was my my junior year, but there was usually we get the uh, obligatory maybe five or six people that would come watch the game for whatever that reason. And this was back in our old Niagara Falls days where we played again in the field behind the library. I'm not even sure if the field is even there anymore. Behind the library in Niagara Falls, Niagara Falls Public Library, we would play over at that field, not the beautiful complex that they have now. But we had probably, I'd say, almost 25, 30 people show up for that game. And if anybody remembers that field, there's a little hill that goes before you get onto the track and then onto the field. And I had to run up to our little field house to grab a ball or grab something, maybe grab a shin guard, something. I don't know what it was. And as I'm coming down... Big group of people, and I just managed to slip coming down that hill, get a nice little ride down that little hill. Again, maybe, a, I don't know, a five, not not a huge hill, just a nice little hill. And come up, big grass stain going right down the pan, right down the shorts, on the back of the shorts. Of course, everybody managed, I think everybody, referees, players, fans there included, managed to see me slide. So you'd see the laughs, hear the laughs, and then the rest of the game just playing with a big mud, grass, stain or whatever down the shorts. And it was just one of those embarrassing moments. But at the same time, whatever, you laugh at it, it's funny, and you just play the rest of the game that way. So, of course... The only time, and I think that was the only time we had more than maybe, I don't know, five people watching us at that game. And it was, uh, yeah, I slipped, of course, down the hill (laughs) and played the game with a big grass stain down the back of my shorts. Whatever. I, I got over it. So that was one of the most embarrassing moments. Thanks, Joe, for the question. Of course, my brother would ask that question. Uh, The next one comes from um, Mr. C, co-worker, Mr. C, who's been on the podcast. In fact, we've been talking about getting him back on the podcast for uh, an NFL uh, edition of the podcast that we have, but want to get him back on. Mr. C, 
asks. He's still doing well at our school. Our school still doing the. Uh, he's he's just the the jack of all trades. He's the the glue that holds Graviars together. School seventy nine. Little shout out to them. He asks favorite post game meal. Favorite meal after your game. Right after games, I don't know why. I I can't eat. I really don't eat. It really takes me probably a good, if a game ends, you know, typically a high school game, whether you're coaching or playing, it'll start around, back when we played, it started around 4, 4.30. Nowadays, they start like 4.35. Some of the later games will start at 7. But after the game, whether I'm coaching or playing, I really can't eat. It probably takes me, even if I'm starving, and there's been games where I've been starving I really don't have an appetite, probably for another hour and a half, two hours after the game. But at, when I finally do get hungry, I'd say my go-to meal, I don't know if it's necessarily a go-to meal while I, where I have it every time, but probably my favorite is just something simple. If it's a later game, if it's a, a game that 7 o'clock wraps up 9, 9.30, I'll just make a nice little bowl of oatmeal throw in a little uh, brown sugar to it, maybe a little honey, or I get the peaches and cream oatmeal from Quaker Oats. Love that stuff. Something simple, throw that on and watch, uh, you know, watch The Simpsons or Family Guy or something stupid. Of course, watch it upstairs so the wife um, doesn't have to, uh, you know, say, why are you watching that stupid stuff? I know she gets to watch me. Whatever. I like cartoons. I know I'm a big kid. But uh, something something simple like that, um, little nothing, something not not too heavy. Or usually I'll just grab an A and W and have a nice root beer um, while watching again silly cartoon shows. So, thanks for the question, Mister C. Next question from let's see, I'm scrolling down here. A bunch of people, Megan Doyle. Ask us question again. She's been on our show many, many times. Megan asks, um, "We, <laughs> she's an art teacher, so she asks. Of course, she's going to ask a question. If you had to, uh, let's see, what's this question here? If you had to paint a portrait." of yourself as a player, what would be in that portrait? I think for me, as long as there's a soccer ball in the portrait and my fedora. me In fact, that might be the whole picture. Just me with a soccer ball at my foot and a fedora. That's it. That's, that's, my, that's my portrait. I hope that I don't have to paint it because if I paint it, it's going to look like a stick figure. But if I had to if I had to pose for a portrait, it's going to be me with a soccer ball, whether I'm holding it or it's under my foot, and a uh, a fedora, and and that's about it. So, good question though. I never really thought about that. Um, and you know, if it's if it's something without you know, hopefully I'd love to have my team in the background, players that I coach with. We're going big portrait. Then you know, family. Uh, of course, my wife Sarah or my wife. Um, and Sarah, my wife, Vicky and Sarah in the portrait, um, my players, not only from this team, but from years past kind of have like a big, big portrait of everybody in their family, friends, everybody, whoever's been meaningful 
to my life. And that could be a very, 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 very big portrait. So thank you, Megan, for that picture. Who'd be in that picture, too? She'd be in that picture, too, as well. Uh, former uh, JV coach, former modified coach for Kenmore East. So that was question one, two. That was question three. Let's see. I can count here. Question four. This one comes from Mr. Frank. <laughs> what would you do to guarantee the Bills get a Super Bowl victory? Listen, to guarantee they get a victory, as long as it's not illegal, you name it, I'll do it. I got no problem making a fool out of myself. But listen, and I don't think I'm going to have to do very much because this is their year. This is the year they're going to get it. I've got no doubt in my mind. But yeah, I, I think as long, again, as long as it's not illegal, as long as it's not going to be something that I'm going to get arrested for, willing to do just about everything. I'll be that guy. As long as it's not anything illegal or not anything that's going to cost me my job, hey, I'll be the guy. As long as it guarantees victory, I'll be the guy that eats the uh, the, the the spicy pepper that uh, you know drinks the nasty drink that whatever that does something silly that that sings a silly song does a silly dance. In fact, ask the girls before the game. I did. Uh, I'm going to mess this up. The gritty, the gritty, the gritty, the gritty dance. Uh, before the game, our sectional game uh, the other day. So, hey, you got to do what you got to do sometimes to keep everybody in a good mindset. So bring it on. Uh, and the last question, we're, let's see, I'm looking, for, I'm looking for an easy one to wrap it up here because some of these have been tough. But the last uh, simple question, me, your favorite music to unwind to, to relax to. Um, believe it or not, I love just classical music. There are some times where I'll just throw on some classical music. I'll I'll get on my laptop even while I'm while I'm checking stuff for work, or maybe on the laptop running over formations, or just I don't know surfing on the internet. I'll throw on some classical music in my earbuds or even if I'm just, you know, laying down, relaxing a little bit, throw on uh, some classical music and just relax a little bit. Just uh, kind of de-stress from the day. Not every day. I'm not saying I'm a classical music fan, but I'm cultured enough to say that I can listen to some classical music to unwind to. So good questions. Thank you, everybody, who I got those questions from, who was able to get back to my text. And I want to thank you guys for listening to every show. We're getting more and more listeners each month, and we want to keep getting more and more listeners looking to get into that 11,000, 12,000, 13,000 range and higher. So please follow us on Stories from the Sidelines on Facebook and Instagram. Also look for us, Stories from the Sidelines, on the podcast Precinct and all the other shows on the Podcast Precinct website, on Bicap Radio, on um, Spotify, Apple Podcast, Amazon. Look for us, Stories from the Sidelines. And again, excited for next week's show where it looks like it's going to be John Zororian, Zeke, 
the Godfather, whatever his nicknames are, the man, the myth, the legend. He'll be joining us next week. And hopefully everybody will be enjoying us next week with Matt Keogh coming back for another exciting episode of Stories from the Sidelines. And, of course, as always, go Bills. <laughs>